What's your guilty pleasure? Me? I don't have one. You're listening to Guiltless Pleasures, an unapologetic pop podcast with Bobby Asin. Welcome back to another week of Guiltless Pleasures. Every time I say, what's up, you guys, or what's up, everyone, I feel like I'm Sarah Boggess in the Studio 54 album that she released a couple years ago, starting, you know, her show, Awakening. I think I'm saying that right. If not, my friend Izzy will kill me. But not really. She'll judge me a little bit. But I wanted to go into my guiltless pleasure because I have a current obsession and i have to wait until the 20th so in two days from now to get more of it it is of course big shot with bethany it has gotten a lot of shit but they're saying that it's all things that are wrong with boss culture she's like anti-feminist like all kinds of things you can think of they're calling bethany frankel which they always do, and I get how she can be problematic, and I get how she helps the world so much. So I obviously have been watching, and my roommate Ricky and I have watched all of it within only, well, we watched all six episodes in less than 24 hours. So we had to, you know, definitely get on it. And now we caught up to the point we have to wait for another episode I think it's going to be the finale. If you do not know what The Big Shot with Bethany is, it is a show on HBO Max. The description says, The next generation of business moguls will compete for a chance to be second in command to business tycoon and skinny girl founder Frankel and win a coveted position with working on her executive team. So yes, it looks like there's only one episode left. And the reviews, as I, like I have said, they are very mixed. I have enjoyed the cast thus far on the show. I think it's funny how you would think she'd pick certain people to be in the show, like to be her assistants, and ends up being the complete opposite. And there's some chances that people take that I think are very interesting takes. For example, there's a worker who says... You know, oh, I would never do that because I wouldn't want to take a big risk on a company that's not mine. And Bethany was like, oh my God, I love that. Like, she's so right. Like, you shouldn't take a big chance to someone else's company. You should play it safe. But in my mind, I could see someone else saying that to her and she goes like ballistic being like, what do you mean you don't take it safe? Like, you don't take risks. And how do you, how are you going to survive in this industry if you don't take risks? So to me, it's like very like, I don't know. It could go either way. And I think she's definitely a wild card. But I do have to say that I love DJ Rosé and she unfortunately, well, I don't want to spoil it, but you guys should have already have been watching by now, but DJ Rosé does get cut. She is absolutely crazy and makes for wonderful, wonderful television. I do think that Maloxi should win the show. I'm very sad there was a queen who had lost all of her weight and would always wear Bethany's, you know, skinny girl clothing line and all that. I already forgot her name, but I do already miss her. But I do agree that she's not meant to be 
the actual like you know my like executive person for this company co-president whatever you want to call the position i would love to be bethany's assistant like Corey ended up getting to do i also want to go by the soho building because that is where bethany's office apparently is and i work in soho so i'll be keeping my eyes out for that office and to see if i can run into bethany frankel anytime soon I would love, love, love to run into Bethany. Additionally, with that show, we get to see Dorinda. Dorinda Medley from Real Housewives of New York does make some special appearances, and we see over the phone, you know, there's some phone calls with her, but we do know that the next episode, we do get to see Bethany hang out with Dorinda at an event. So that is very exciting. So that's my current guiltless pleasures or guiltless pleasure. <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, check it out on HBO Max. Let me know what you think. Like I said, this show has very, very mixed opinions. But in other news, I want to say happy Olivia Rodrigo week. We have Sour the Album coming out so soon. And you will find my butt and Ricky's behind at the Broadway Sour Patch Kids store. Yes, there's a Sour Patch Kids store. Did I have any idea that that was coming or, like, or even existed? No. But Robbie has shared with me that on Friday, May 21st, when Sour the Album comes out, the Sour Patch Kids store is doing an exclusive selling you know, of boxed Sour Patch Kids of a a lava Olivia Rodrigo on the cover of the box. So you bet I will be in line for opening to get my Sour Patch Kids. And I actually probably just will only get one for Robbie. But I really hope that she does sell signed albums again because I missed out on the first sale. But additionally with that, good for you, the song has come out, which has been an amazing song. It's already hitting the top, you know, charts, getting to Billboard. It was said today at 7.50 a.m. that Good For You is challenging for a number one debut. On next week's Hot 100, it would be Olivia's second number one debut. She only has three singles out. We have this one, Good For You. We have Deja Vu and additionally Driver's License, which started it all. The music video also was released, and it gave me major Taylor Swift vibes. As most people say on Twitter, it's clear that she is Taylor Swift's daughter. Even the dress that she wore at the Sour Patch Kids store was, you know, covered in cats and screamed to me very Taylor Swift aesthetics. They were together for the Brit Wards and took pictures, and so I'm sure they are working on a lot of future endeavors together. And by that, I just mean, like, uh, like an apprenticeship not really that Taylor's writing her music or anything like that, but it's kind of like she did with Sophia Cabello and... Wait, did I say that right? Sophia Cabello. Why am I saying that wrong? The way I already forgot her name. Camilo Cabello. Oh my god. That shows you how fast people get out of my brain when Taylor has a new person. Also heard that... Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes apparently like staged a robbery in their house to get you know attention. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, if you want to hear some like little insider information on uh, the 
Sean Mendez, you know, gay scandal. Hit me up in the DMs and I'll fill you in some info I got. Can't say too much because I don't want to get sued, you know. I probably wouldn't get sued, but I don't know. The person I got the information from would not want me to spread it out, I guess. Even though I have to a few, you know, a handful of you guys already. But also on the Olivia Rodrigo train, we had the season two premiere of High School Musical, the musical series. And I love the first season. I do think every other episode pretty much is a miss. I did have to cover my ears for a couple parts. The Christmas song they opened with was really bad. And then they started singing Fabulous to do a medley of High School Musical 2. And it was god awful. And there was some other song that was really, really, really bad when these two girls sang together. It was just like to make a medley or I don't know. But they were not in harmony together. But... I did enjoy the first episode, minus those parts. I cannot wait for the rest of the season. And I am very interested, as I said before, with the whole Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett love triangle. Last week I read you guys a little bit of the excerpts from Joshua Bassett's Instagram stories talking about his sexuality. We still don't have any clear definitions on that, which is still okay. But I'm interested to see what's going to happen because Olivia Rodrigo has this whole album about how he doesn't care about her or he would hang out with her but didn't want to date her so if he actually is gay I mean it makes a lot of sense so don't know what's to come of that but a little background for High School Musical for you guys is that High School Musical is what started it all for me I had wanted previously to be a forest ranger since I was in kindergarten and from kindergarten to fifth grade until high school musical came out i want to be a forest ranger but that all changed i wanted to become you know a musical theater person a celebrity you could say more than being a musical theater because basically i wanted to be asher tisdale but disney channel the website which had awesome games as you guys probably remember Shout out to the Lizzie McGuire game, you know, doing Miranda and Lizzie's Nails in their closet, to the Brandy and Mr. Whiskers game, to the That's a Raven game of having Corey's piggy bank go through the house without getting caught by Raven's family. So much good material. But the Disney Channel website used to release the full albums of the movie soundtracks before they would premiere on Disney Channel. I just want to point out that I had every song of High School Musical memorized before High School Musical the movie had even came out. So when High School Musical came out, it was fifth grade for me. I was moving to Florida, and when I went to middle school, I had dreamed that it would be kind of like what I saw in High School Musical. So I got the nerve and the courage to say that I wanted to join the musical theater department, the chorus department, the theater department, you know, whatever it was that involved the arts I wanted to be part of. So when I joined the musical theater department... I, you know, quickly, I don't know, found a love for musical theater, obviously. My first solo ever was to Bop to the Top, and I got to sing it at Disney at the Tomorrowland stage, which is now only used for, like, dance parties and for, like, the Stitch or Tomorrowland, you know, Monsters, Inc., Sexy Buzz Lightyear performance they do for Christmas. And I got to sing Ryan's part in Bop to the Top, which was a dream come true for me. I mentioned before I went to Stage Door Manor 
and I actually, it's a camp in New York City for musical theater, not New York City, New York, the Catskills actually, so outside the city into the countryside, where, close to where Woodstock took place. And when I went, I had high school musical bed set, and I got made fun of for it, and I was really confused because I'm like, we're in high school musical, like, camp, so why are we making fun of someone for having a high school musical blanket? But that's besides the point. Moving on to that story, uh, High School Musical 2, when that came out, actually, no, I skipped something. I got to see High School Musical, the concert, on tour. I was allowed to see that or the Hannah Montana concert, and of course, I chose the High School Musical concert, and it was a dream come true to see Asha Tisdale do a segment of her album, as well as Asha Tisdale. Corbin Blue did sing music from Jump In, his movie, but Asha Tisdale was the best performance to me because I got to see her sing Headstrong, her first album, sing Be Good To Me, He Said, She Said, you know, all the great bops, which I get to have, you know, get to relive over and over again because I own the DVD of the High School Musical concert. And now going to High School Musical 2, I had watched the whole movie somehow illegally two days before it came out on YouTube, and when this happened, my mom did not believe me, so she made me write down everything that happens in the movie to prove to her that I actually did see it. At this point, YouTube would allow you to upload videos that were over an hour length, and I guess I watched it before it was monetized because by the end of the night, it was taken down. And from what I remember, it was from someone who recorded a recording of the High School Musical 2 premiere sweepstakes kind of thing. It's probably like in Burbank at the Walt Disney Studios and someone like recorded it on a flip camera. Sorry for the sirens going on in the background. This is New York City, so I have, you know, people pushing grocery carts that has their house in it. And in addition to that, I have sirens going off all the time, 24 hours. So yes, if you hear the sirens, remember I'm in New York City. So High School Musical 2 was a bop. We have Fabulous which the cast of the High School Musical the series attempted to ruin this week. But moving on to High School Musical 3, I was in high school at this point. I got to watch that in the movie theater. I remember following people on Tumblr who were extras that were in the graduation scene and were filming things with phones that they had hidden in their long sleeves. So I got some inside deets from those people that were extras in the movie. I loved reading the Tumblr updates, and I always actually shipped Troy and Sharpay together. You can ask my friends. My favorite YouTube video um, of all time, and still, like, obviously to this day, is a version of Teardrops on My Guitar, Troy and Sharpay's version. If you haven't seen it, check it out. There is some cinematographic graphic, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, cinematography geniusness out there making this brilliant masterpiece of a video. It should actually be an official video on Vivo at this point. I don't know why it's not. But my good friends will tell you that I do still watch that video to this day. So yeah, check it out. Teardrops on my guitar, Sharpay and Troy version. Get a good cry out of it. You know, crying from laughter or crying from tears. I've cried both ways. So that is my wrap up this week on my thoughts on High School Musical, the series, and Olivia Rodrigo week. But definitely stay tuned. She is definitely going to be the next Taylor Swift. I feel it in my bones. And so does the charts. And so does even like 40-year-old gay men who love her. Which, that's a sign, you know. They like Madonna still somehow. So, here we are. Alright, it is time for the pop culture update. Weekly recap. 
I cannot keep it in. My excitement is out the roof because yesterday BravoCon was announced. It is going to take place in October. And I legitimately almost jumped out of my skin seeing the announcements. I have freaked out. I have texted Brooke. I hope she can go with me. I want to go so bad. BravoCon is going to be in October in New York City. And, you know, all the housewives and Bravo shows, the cast are all going to be here for panels and meet and greets. And I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to do a birthday. Like, I don't want birthday gifts. Just give me money, guys, towards this event. I think General Mission two years ago, when they were actually able to have the event, obviously they couldn't have it during COVID, was around $300 for three days. And it's around $600 for the three days if you want guaranteed seats to, you know, all the panels. So I hope to A, have tickets to that, and then B, to be able to work it and hopefully sell my tickets or something like that because I want to work the event that bad. But I cannot wait. It is definitely the Bravo fans Super Bowl. So I am ready to live it up and or I should say whoop it up. I'm going to whoop it up and hang out at Bravo con i must call it a bravo fest for my mistakes for lord i have sinned but moving on from that i want to go into my bravo updates so raquel from vanderpump rules is officially engaged and people are shocked i have had my run-ins with james kennedy if you don't remember, he got very mad at my friend, at Sir Jackie Nell, because Jackie did not know who he was, and he was like, how do you know who the James Kennedy is? I'm the James Kennedy. I asked for a picture with him, and he was vaping all the pictures. He got in a fight at the restaurant, went behind the kitchen, and he was actually fired at this point from Sir, so he wasn't allowed to go back there, so there's that um yeah so that was our james kennedy experience i think that uh well i wish them good luck there's not much i can say on the matter because i don't want to be too negative i do like raquel and i like her dogs and i wish her the best but something i loved was people you know shouting out sheena for filming you know, on a vacation for the trip, a destination vacation, due to having her kid only three weeks ago. But yeah, it's just, that's the modern day maternity leave. Look at anyone that works on a normal job, like a reality show is a normal job for her, and you don't get that much time on maternity leave anymore. So she's just moving along, you know, going forward with it. And I say, good for you, girl. And sticking up, girl, as one person from Bravo always says, girl, girl, but more of a Texas twang accent. But I don't think we'll be hearing it that much more. We have some updates on Real Housewives of Dallas. Tiffany Moon versus Cameron Westcott. I would love to hear what you guys think. I have posted in the Bravo Gossip a post about it, and it has over 300 comments, I think, at this point. It has struck a nerve with a lot of people because Cameron is facing some, you know, problems. So Tiffany has been recently 
attacked, I would say, on social media by Court, who is Cam's husband, and I believe her brother-in-law also joined in. We have a retweet of a tweet that says, you claim to be anti-racist to appeal to the woke, ignorant mob, which advocates for racial discrimination. This is racism. How can you be a doctor with your open support of racist? And Court Westcott retweeted this and wrote, at Tiffany, anti-racism is racism. It discriminates by the color of one's skin. They tried that once in Germany. It did not work out well. I don't understand how many of your patients would be comfortable with you treating them with your open vial of racism. Hashtag Real Hospitals of Dallas. And he tagged the news. Now, Chart Westcott tweeted, Man, I must be really scary for Tiffany Moon if she needs to block me for no reason. I have spoken to her twice. Once when she was blackout drunk at my house but needed to get home for early work. Wonder if she had a hangover while working on her patients. That's a huge accusation that could get, you know, that could lead to her losing her job. And we also had this season that Cameron, you know, said or compared Tiffany to Thai sex workers. So there is um, a big backlash with all of these comments and whatnot, as there should be. I stand with Tiffany on this matter. Bravo had made a post that says, Bravo strongly supports the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. Anti-racism is in fact not a form of racism and the network stands by Dr. Tiffany Moon and her advocacy against racism and violence. This was a post made after Tiffany changed her Instagram or Twitter bio to season five cast member of Dallas, showing that she was a former housewife and no longer a current housewife. I don't know if we're even going to get a next season of The Housewives because the numbers have been tanking, but I really do hope that if we do, the other Carrie truly will come back like she has suggested in her tweets, like I talked about last week. But... I think what's very interesting about this post is that when they made a post for the removal of Stassi and Kristen, they posted their statement saying what they did support, which is the Black Lives Matter movement, but talked about how they were going to fire two castmates. What I think is interesting, like, I think is, uh, sorry, I mean, like, my tongue twisted because I'm getting more passionate about what I'm talking about. It's crazy about this statement is it doesn't say anything about the Westcott family. Like, there's no you know, talk about what's to come with them or that they're being, you know, not investigated, but questioned at this moment. And I think it's interesting that the the network hasn't made a statement about them. Obviously, Cam has been silent since this has gone down. And I would love if you guys ever went on Bravo Gossip. You can always ask to get invite on the page or I can invite you to the page to see what everyone has been, you know, bringing up on their opinions of this. Some people are saying that Tiffany came in as a person who was a victim and she will always be a victim. So they were already over the storyline before anything had even happened with her and the other girls because one of our storylines is that she wants to be loved and she wants to be included in a group of girls. So they said from day one, she has always been involved in, you know, all this. On top of all that, if you go on Cameron Westcott's social media, she has not posted in over a week. And her commenting is turned off on all her posts, including even her old posts. So clearly, it has got into her, as I imagine, of course it has. It has to be a very hard week um, following all that. So that is my wrap-up, though, right now. 
on Dallas. I will say that I have enjoyed listening to Deandra though on Heather Thompson's podcast from Real Housewives of New York. I have just finished listening to that podcast actually before recording this podcast. Uh, Mama D is even featured in the podcast, so check that out for sure. Um, and additionally, she was on Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino. And the podcast for, you know, Deandra Simmons on Heather Thompson's podcast is called In My Heart. So make sure you guys check that out. Moving right along, I don't know if I actually mentioned this, that they finished filming Real Housewives All-Stars like so fast, but it's going to be on Peacock only, so they are going to get me stuck on getting that subscription, that's for sure. Uh, I would say my recap for Roni was I was very disappointed. Like I was excited for, you know, this this party that Leah was throwing at Ramona's house. Odd storyline, first of all, but it's like the Bernie Man kind of party. I was very skeptical of how Ramona was going to look at her outfit from what she posted on her Instagram, saying, which of these three options do you think I chose? But she actually looked really great. Uh, these women always amaze me. You know, they are definitely turning the clock backwards on aging. I did love that Ramona posted an Insta story today saying, you know, I usually don't have time to go get a facial because usually Ageless by Ramona does the job. But when I do have time, I go to this, you know, tagged, paid, sponsored treatment place in New York City. I just love how she still claims it's Ageless by Ramona. That's really making the big difference there. But going along, I was disappointed that the episode seemed like not much was going on. But tonight looks like we're going to get a big episode going into you know, more about the situation with Ramona calling her staff the help. So I'm sure we're going to get some good, juicy drama as always. In Real Housewives of Orange County news, Vicky has officially sold her house. That is saying goodbye to a lot of memories. I'm not sure where Vicky is going to be moving, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be outside the gates, which started it all in Real Housewives of Orange County. I had a friend, Katie Hafner, who lived there, and she has said that even that area has become a little outdated, so maybe Vicky's moving on and going outside the gates, because apparently right next door is still happening. So we shall see what is to come with that. In exciting news, we had the announcement that Real Housewives of Potomac and Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is officially wrapped. Additionally, I wanted to point out that Jen Shaw's you know, trial for her fraud scheme plan is the day after BravoCon. So hopefully I get to meet her before she goes to jail or, you know, before anything can happen with the trial. That's pretty iconic. I'm sure she'll be there signing autographs and enjoying possibly her last moments of fame before she might, I say might, go behind bars. Obviously, I don't know any of that stuff what's actually going to happen. But as of right now, that is my Real Housewives, you know, Bravo, Vanderpump Rules, all the above pop culture recap. Two things I want to point out for this week, though, is that Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset has officially announced she is releasing a book. You know I am a sucker for having reality star books. I have a whole shelf of them, and they're typically all signed. So I hope I can meet her at a book signing and Dorinda as well. That would be the dream. So stay tuned for that. We have, you know, the announcements coming soon of like the release date and all that good stuff. 
and I will be updating you guys as well with any of the book update, updates that are to come. So following that, I want to also bring up the fact that we have Ariana Grande being not only engaged but married. She got married secretly on Saturday. We found out on Monday about the wedding from some insiders. We don't obviously have an announcement from Ariana Grande and don't believe it if you see it but today there is pictures going around of Ariana Grande having a pregnancy announcement on her Instagram which is photoshopped. These screenshots are showing up on Twitter and on Facebook but it is actually not a real post. So that is it for this week's pop culture recap. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please leave a review in the comments below if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts. If not, just give me a follow on social media. You can find my link tree and my bio at Bobby Asen. That's at B-O-B-B-Y-A-S-E-N on any social media platform, including TikTok. All right, guys, stay guiltless.